I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. here oh i'm so excited how does your seven day challenge go captain influence has an awesome origin to share with you we have some fun stories to share of course caffeinatrix returns to regale us with her adventures i got a really awesome shirt spiced fig espresso mm. okay get this we're going to talk about the trailers for dune discovery season three mandalorian season three and we're going to discuss them Okay, I'll stop. There's there's so much more to talk about. I'm so excited. Maybe we'll even talk about some movie reviews. Maybe music. I don't know. It'll death. I must not fear. Fear. A little death. I'm realize our show is that painful. Let's rock it, I guess. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you joining us. I am The Real Brian. I'm Captain Influence. And uh, Brian, I think you're uh, going forward in time right now because uh, we're only on Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. I did jump ahead to the future a little too far. Uh, you're right about that. I think that. there will be a Season 3, though. Yeah, so. sorry. Well, I've already seen Season 2. It's really good. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers, though. But I was just so excited for the Season 3 trailer. I've got to stop time traveling. I'm really sorry about that. I don't blame you. And as long as you go in the future, it's okay. No, that's usually... Well, okay. So here's the the good news. The future is not as bad as some people think. And Mandalorian does have a season three. And it looks awesome. So Awesome. But I'll I'll go back. We'll talk about season two. Fine. (laughs) Fine. Sorry to rain on your parade. (sighs) I know you spent a lot of money on that time machine and at least you're not going back in time because that just screws everything up. That's true. It really does. Especially when you like meet your mom and you know, other weird, like she wants to get with you and and your sister and brother start disappearing on a picture. I mean, you know, things like not saying like that kind of stuff happens for sure, but yeah, I mean it does. So yeah. Yeah. Johnny B. Even, even SG one can't get away with it and without repercussions. So, you know, true. Yeah. I mean, slingshotting around the sun is fun in a, Klingon bird of prey. I mean, that's kind of fun. Uh huh. <sighs> I have I mean, some I ideas. Know, I have some ideas, but anyway, you know, if you're gonna build a time machine, why not build it in something of, you know, like with style? Why not? Why not make it out of something with style? Don't you agree? Yeah, I'm thinking fiberglass or um, aluminum, tin, DMC, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, hey, welcome. It's gonna be fun. So here's the deal. I don't think this show is painful, but I mean, here we are talking about all this stuff and then all the we the pain. I mean, it's like, come on, put your hand in the box. What's in the box? Only pain. I've got a gum jabbar to your neck. Don't move or you're going to die. Young Yeah, obviously, obviously we're going to be talking about the Dune trailer today. Oh, man. Come closer, Baron. This is my brother. <laughs> So creepy oh she was you know I, and i love that actress but it was her first role and she went on to do a lot of other cool roles and she's Did wonderful she? but that was definitely i don't think that was her voice i'm pretty sure that was a voiced over creepy <laughs> creepy voiceover oh man oh. looking back on it i was pretty obsessed with david lynch's dune most of my youth 
I just took it for granted. But now when I look back on it, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a crazy movie. It was so fun, though. I wonder what they're going to do, though, because like I was a huge fan of the Baron. You know, there was an actor that you saw and you never saw again. I don't even know if he was ever in anything else, but he was really creepy. Just super like, yeah, yeah, covered with sores and yeah. pustules and yeah, yeah, which which was not true to the book, but it was it did make for good atmospherics in the in the movie. So it in the did. first movie, it did. Yeah. Now the new Baron, I mean, I was looking at the the lineup and the actors in this movie, and I am really pleased so far with everyone that's going to be in it. So we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. How is that seven day challenge going? We challenged you last Friday to go seven days without saying, posting, texting, etc. anything negative. And if you catch yourself, stop, start over, go positive, just go full positive. How's it going? How about for you, captain? How's it going? You know, not too bad since I'm not on social media. Uh, I, I passed that part with flying colors um, <laughs> by default. My wife and I don't typically discuss like politics or any, or, or too much about COVID or whatnot it doesn't come up very often. So I'd say I, I get maybe an 80% on the seven day challenge. Okay. It's so like maybe a B. I would say for the most part, ours went well. Technically there were a couple of external circumstances that created some challenge and uh, by default negativity, we're going to call it that, which was hard to kind of overcome. But for the most part, you know, it was positive. I found myself looking at the good stuff this last week and going, okay, let's focus on this. And it was amazing. Is I really truly felt better. I was more excited. I was more energetic. I looked forward to like the rest of the day. It's just kind of amazing that when you kind of just take a step back and say, okay, whatever, that's that's negative. Let's move on. What's good? Let's look forward to something good. It is amazing how good it feels. Oh yeah, totally. It's one of those known phenomenons in psychology and in human in sociology, whatever. Yeah. Just human behavior. It's a known thing. Yeah. But it's not an automatic thing for most people, obviously. And of so, course not. I mean, if you're mindful of that, taking a positive approach to your life on a daily basis, and if you keep reminding yourself, oh yeah, I'm, I'm being challenged, you, you'd be amazed at what it can do. You mentioned the COVID stuff and there's the whole mask argument that's going on right now, of course, that's been going on since the very beginning, mm. but it's gotten, I think, even a little worse. And I think that's one of the things that has affected me the most. And, and I'm even going to go as far as to say that it's grieved me. Regardless of what you believe, regardless of whether what you believe is true or not, we don't know, whatever. It's the lack of respect and um, selflessness in those people's actions that has selfishness. just, it's just been full on selfishness and full on, this is what I want to do and I don't really care what you think. And, and to me, that just shows like the worst of humanity, regardless of what you believe and regardless of whether you are right or wrong it's taking respect out of the picture and it really grieves me. I mean, like I've had a yeah. really, really hard time with it, especially when I've got close friends who are claiming certain things and just, it's almost like they're spitting in people's face and just saying, this is what I'm going to do. Screw you. And I'm just like, right. wow, You're this is just, 100% correct. It's yeah. it, to take their perspective. Anti-maskers really are convinced to their core that Number one, the science is not what we're told it is, that the experts at the CDC and the WHO are fooling us or lying to us or somehow deluding us, and that their rights as a, an American or as a world citizen are being incurred upon. Mm-hmm. Whereas the reality is all of our rights are being incurred upon by this thing, this little organism mm-hmm. that, whether it's super dangerous or not, is killing people mm-hmm. 
from what we're told, more than the flu kills people. It's certainly more virulent and just more deadly, and it causes more issues after the fact. And again, I'm spouting what I'm told, right, by the CDC, by the WHO, because I'm being rational about it. I, I'm assuming that the people who study these things for a living and who are highly educated about those things, just like with climate, I, I'm just I'm having to make the assumption that they're not telling me a lie, right? Maybe so, they are, though. I mean, maybe and, they are. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's a giant conspiracy, and I mean, right. maybe it all has to do with our political election coming up. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows? There's yeah. so many theories going around, and everybody's spouting out all this stuff, and it's just like I got to the point where I just said, okay, you know what? I don't think any of us know. I don't even. I'm I'm done even trying to like figure out who's telling the truth anymore. Sure. What I want to do is go beyond all of that because if you argue science with someone who doesn't believe in it, uh, they're not going to listen to you. You're like and, shouting at the moon. Yeah, yeah I exactly. mean, my mom's a nurse. She knows the science behind masks. She worked in the medical field her whole life. She knows the science behind it. Nobody believes her. Like, okay, what are you going to, I mean, you can't argue with people because they don't want to hear you. Right. Whatever. I mean, and maybe the science is wrong. Maybe. I don't know. I, but again, if you look just beyond all of the whatever people are just down on the weeds fighting about, right. it's still, it's, it's what we have talked about here on the show since the very beginning is respecting and valuing other people. And right. if somebody, if I don't want to wear a mask, let's say that I don't want to wear a mask because I don't believe in it and whatever, you know, we because need our it's germs uncomfortable. Or, yeah, yeah. I can't and, it, and it's, and it's a pain. I can't see other people's smiles yeah, it's taking or away my their constitutional rights. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Fill it's in, a big fill in the blank, annoyance. Fill in the blank. Right. right? I hate wearing a mask, by the way, too. I, I just want to put that out yeah, there. I hate it. I do, um, too. But whatever, right? So let's just say that I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't believe in it. And I go up to a friend and they're legitimately terrified. They don't know. They All they know is that if I'm not wearing a mask, I may potentially infect them. Like, that's what they think. And if I just say, eh, whatever, I'm not going to wear a mask. Screw you. I don't believe in this. I'm creating more fear in that person that they, they don't know. Right. Maybe they agree with me. Maybe <laughs> they don't. But the whole point is, can I look at that human being over there who is legitimately terrified, regardless of what they believe or not, regardless of whether they're wrong or I'm right or who cares and just say, okay, I'll wear a mask to respect and value you regardless of what I believe. Can we at least do that? Nailed it, Brian. And that's all I've asked. Nailed and people it. have thrown that back in my face and say, we don't believe in that. Screw you, whatever. And I'm like, we've lost our humanity. We've lost our no, ability to respect and, and value others. And I mean, apparently I keep telling people, you need to listen to my show. Well, wow. <laughs> there I'm you not- go. Totally get where you're coming from. And you have, and you have the perfect with a capital P approach to this whole thing, Brian. This is, yeah. this is the kind of thing that the media should be spouting to the sky, like on repeat over and over. Yeah. Regardless of whether, what you believe, regardless of who's telling you the truth, wear mask just in case and just to be respectful. That's it. That's all. And I'm if you asking, don't, yeah. you're just you're just not. I mean, if you don't, you're just being a jerk. You're being a jerk. That doesn't mean you are a jerk. It means you're being a jerk. And yeah. all of us can be jerks sometimes, Brian. Right? I mean, oh, it's, of course, it's something that all of us can do sometimes. We all have it in us. We're human, unfortunately. Yeah. But that falls under the being a jerk category. 100%. It does. It really does. And I'm sorry, regardless of, of of what a person believes and whether they're right or wrong. I mean, I've talked about this too in the past that like. Sometimes I, I did this with Miss Ice. I'm glad she's not on the show right now. I did this with her <laughs> many years ago. She this was about four years ago. She was going through a very, very tough time, very tough time. Yeah. She had just lost her father and she was in a 
pretty bad funk. And of course she would be right. Well, of course at the time, you know, she was saying some things to me, you know, and in my defense, I was her friend and I was listening to what she was saying and I'm thinking, wow, she is really digging herself a hole. She's going down a very negative path right now. Uh, I mean, of course a grieving person would, right? But I stepped in and said some stuff to her, like, because I cared, not because I was trying to be a jerk. I was like, I really legitimately care about what she's doing to herself and where she's going. And I was trying to help. I was was trying to lower my hand and like lift her out of the pit she was falling into. But how it came across and the timing of it, even though I may have been right, I'm not going to say that I was, but let's just say I was (laughs) the timing was not right. And it's not what she needed to hear at that moment. Uh, yeah. And so as a result, I came across as a jerk and it actually hurt her more. The point I'm trying to make is, is that even if you're right about masks are a joke and they don't help. And even if it is actually a constitutional right being taken from us, let's just say that for argument, this isn't the time to punch the people who are in fear in the face. Right. You know what I mean? It's going to cause more fear and more panic and more anger. So because that's what I mean. Golden, golden rule, Brian, if you're an anti-masker, it's always about trying to take yourself out of yourself and put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Always, always. If you do that on a regular basis, you're always going to succeed more at interacting with other people. Yeah. Because if, if you're an anti-masker and the shoes were reversed, would you want other people or, or say, I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. What is something that, what, what's a good analogy? That, Vegans. Where, where, you stopped me in my tracks (laughs) you remember what jp sears said there's there's uh two people in this world there's vegans and there's bad people (laughs) (laughs) that's right well that was satire though (laughs) no no but he's he was it was satire on truth though is that a lot of vegans they they use that that status and that choice as a we're better than you unfortunately yeah i've known a lot of vegans who have made me feel very very badly because i eat meat fair enough yeah i can see that happen it's the same kind of thing it's like well okay you're not going to convince me to become a vegan by treating me like crap. There you go. Thank you. That's that's a decent analogy yeah, for what I'm trying to that's say. That's what I was looking for. And JP so, Sears is hilarious. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, he is. And so, I mean, just just put yourself in someone else's shoes. If the shoe is on the other foot, would you want people who believe opposite of you to incur upon your, you know, life that way? I yeah. mean, it, it, the anti-maskers just aren't thinking in those terms. So No. I well, mean, and and even some of the the um super pro maskers aren't thinking in those terms either. Because yeah, fair enough. You know, there's there. I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna go into too much detail here. But there's somebody here that's a professor that actually you know was featured in an article saying that I wear my mask 100 percent of the time as soon as I leave my own home. But th- she's allowed to say that. that of course, doesn't mean she says everyone should wear their mask. We know that she's doing that to model. This is what people should do. Fair and enough. And I go, she okay, is, whatever. But- that's respectful, but also you don't need to wear your mask if you're in your car by yourself and you're not like transporting someone's food, like Grubhub or something like that. You just don't need to. You don't need to as wear a mask we if you're outside <laughs> by yourself in the open air. Or I mean, even if you're near people, but you're 20 you're feet away from them. Like, people. But even then, it's like the fresh air, you got to be six to ten. I mean, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it all yeah. comes down to there are severe extremes and none of those, neither side is helping anything right now. Right. But right. at the same time, the extremists aren't certainly yeah, let's yeah. just love each other. Let's, let's respect, usual. you know, and here's the thing, love value and respect other people. Do your best. That's all I ask. And, and honestly, like that is the point that is, if there's any agenda in this world that I have, that's what it is. Who else had that agenda in history? I'm trying to think who else that your average anti-masker really 
adores and worships yeah. had that exact same philosophy. Uh, it sounds like Who a chipmunk, it? but I'm going to say Jesus. Oh, God, that's right. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Thank you. That's yes, right, Brian. I, I almost, Yeah, that's right. Hey, can yeah, I just say yeah. one thing really quick? I am a Christian. I'm a full-on Christian. I believe that stuff. And I am appalled at what most Christians are doing right now. In fact, I'm embarrassed to be called a Christian because of how many of my friends and people that I know that are Christians are not doing exactly what you just said, Tony, which is following the example of Jesus, whom I follow. And I love value and respect because that's what I was taught, regardless if that was from Jesus or from my parents or whatever. I was taught that. And those people who are my friends who are proclaiming to be Christians are not doing that. And that really pisses me off. Yeah. Every single member of my family fits in that glove right there. Yeah. Every single, almost without exception, almost without exception. Can I tell you right now that those people are not acting like Christians, whether they say they are, they're not, they're not acting like it. (laughs) I'm calling you all out. (laughs) It's unfortunate to, to to be a hundred percent honest. If, if, Mm -hmm. if Jesus came back today, 99.999% of Christians would not only not recognize who he is, of course, but they would crucify him all over again. Of course, they would. speaking. Hey, by the so. way, can I, can I say another thing really quickly here? Because <laughs> I think this is really applicable. I know not all of our listeners here are Christian. I know that. And, and right. this is not a Christian show and I'm not here to try to convince anyone to be Christian. At all. I just, I just want to not clear that up right now. I got to step in and say, okay, here's what I believe. And by the way, the people that believe the same thing I do are not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Here's the other thing. The Jesus that I have read about in the Bible if he were to physically exist right here today, let's talk about racism and social justice. He would love each and every person, regardless of what they looked like, what color they were, what they've done. He would, he would not of be course. sitting there and being like, Oh, well you're this. So I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not even going to talk. He, are you kidding? Yeah, if you, you if anyone's read their Bible hard or no, if, or, anyone's, uh, if anyone's read their Bible, he hung out with the people that the quote Christians were like, appalled to be around. This is why I'm so angry right now at Christians because they're not living what they're supposed to be living. And this is why so many people hate Christians. And this is why a lot of people that listen and a lot of people in general aren't Christians is because we're, we're a pathetic hypocrisy. Yeah. It's it's pathetic hypocrisy. There are some really amazing people and there are some really amazing Christians and churches who are doing the right thing and they're respecting and valuing and loving others, and they are actually out there trying to help, which is really cool. So regardless of of what side they're on or whatever, there are people doing great things. I know it's easy to focus on the people that are doing the dumb things, but they're the loudest, and unfortunately, there's more out there than I thought there would be. So I just wanted to throw that out. There's good things happening. So there you go. Yes. All right, let's have some fun. Boom. Let's bring on Caffeinatrix. Natalie, welcome. It's good to have you back. Thanks. It's good to be back for... A few minutes. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it was funny though, because today Lord Thunder was going to be on the show. And then unfortunately he was called away by a client, which, Hey, that happens. Natalie, you and I were chatting and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you know, I said something about, we've got to have you back on. And you said, well, the sooner the better. And then I'm like, um, how about in an hour? <laughs> yeah, basically that is what happened. And I said, okay, I guess I'll just be popping in. Yeah. And then I was like, let's just bring you in for part of the show then. Cause I know you kind of had a really short amount of time, but Hey, a little bit, I've always said this. Sometime is better than no time. I love that. Cheers. So thank you for being With here. Caffeinatrix. Amen, brother. Any time is better than no time. True. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear from you, though. You did actually go back out to Savannah. 
you got back from steamboat, you know, went home and then you just like got in your car and you drove 25 hours straight, no break, didn't take a bathroom break. I mean, it was like nonstop pedal to the metal Stop for gas. No, I mean, you've got a sweet car, apparently. <laughs> Dang! Just bottle, you just bottled it the whole way, you know? Right? No, that would be awesome. No, sir, don't drink that. <laughs> Killer dumb boots. There will be no food stops on this trip. Oh my gosh! Did you seriously 25 drive twenty five hours? Yeah. So I went with Nico like usual, but this year I brought a car to Savannah, which I had to drive the whole way by myself, which uh-huh. I was very nervous about because sometimes on drives. Just looking at the same thing, it makes me tired. Oh, so yeah. I was concerned that I would get just tired and fall asleep, which thankfully didn't happen. I had all of these podcasts queued up. I had my cold brew. I bought two five-hour energies for backup <laughs> just in case. I went to the, the gas station and I was like, hey, do you guys have five-hour energy? And they were like, yeah, Duh. we keep that behind the counter. Can I just oh. have a whole case? <laughs> Yeah, they we were keep like, we keep the, this yeah, behind people the are counter. It all the time. <laughs> and the girl was like, what flavor do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I've never had this before. The birdie and she bots was like, flavors. Okay. <laughs> she goes, okay, so let's start with this. Do you want regular or extra strength? Ooh. And I was like, better go with the regular. Pomegranate and berry. Which do you want? And I said, give me one of each. Nice. And they go, yeah, we don't touch this stuff. We don't drink it. And I was like, it's crazy. I have never either, but I have a long drive. Stop judging me. (laughs) So I got it and it ended up just being a backup. I was, I almost had some, but I was able to pull myself out and I, they're in my pantry now for the drive back. I had a friend who (laughs) lived on those things literally every single day for years because he would sleep about two to three hours a night because he worked multiple jobs. Well, he had a job and then some other stuff too, but yeah, he lived on those things and I was afraid it was going to kill him. I think I've taken it, one or two five-hour energies and it made me feel like I was having an out-of-body experience. I couldn't stand it. Might it. Have shortened, it might have shortened his lifespan. You never know. Well, that's probably why I have heart palpitations Dream. now. Thanks a lot, five-hour energy. Jack uh, my, dad, my dad told me to stop and get some <laughs> because we will drive to Oklahoma sometimes to visit my grandparents. Before my brother, I could drive like my mom would not help to drive. I have no idea why, but she just wouldn't. And so my dad had to drive. Yeah, my dad had to drive (laughs) the whole time. So he would stop and get the five hour energies. And he told me to go get some. And he he said, I never drink the whole thing. I only have like a few sips and I'm good. But they do keep you up. They really do. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. I didn't try it. But yeah. It's kind of crazy. If you read the nutrition label, there's like 2000% of like your daily intake of like vitamin B or something. I don't know. Uh, It's out of control. It it is a little unnatural. Let's just put it that way. It's like a shot. So it's like, you really don't need that much. Yeah. But crazy. So good thing I didn't have to touch that. Wait, did you seriously drive 25 hours straight though? Or did you stop overnight? it, It wasn't straight. Thank goodness. So when we do the drive, even when we've done it together in the same car, we always stop in St. Louis, okay, which is like halfway between. It's like an hour longer from like Fort Collins to St. Louis than it is from St. Louis to Savannah. So the first day is the hardest because it's the longest and it's the most boring. Like yeah, you literally, Nebraska. you're just yeah. looking at flat landscape. <laughs> like it's so boring. Did you go through Nebraska what? or Kansas? Kansas. Way worse. Oh. Okay, go yeah. keep going. 
I mean, the cities are interesting. You get some, ooh, cool cityscape. Ooh, that person's a bad driver. Like, <laughs> it, it shakes it up. Yeah, so we go to Denver through, like, Hayes and Salina, and then Topeka, Kansas City, oh, yeah. St. Louis. So that's, like, the first day. And then we always stay at the same hotel. I honestly slept so bad. Like, the AC unit thing was on all night, and it was so loud. <laughs> it kept waking me up, so I, like, got no sleep anyway. So it was basically, like, I drove all the way through. <laughs> so then we got up and left at, like, 4.30 the next day. Then we go from St. Louis through like the little tip of Illinois in through down through Kentucky and Tennessee and then Georgia. So we pass through the major cities are Nashville, Chattanooga, Atlanta, and then we get to Savannah, basically. I've done that drive up to between Nashville and Atlanta. That's a fun drive. Everyone's flying past you at 110 mile an hour and you're like, I'm going to go follow these guys. Nice. It's a blast. It's so fun, actually. The second day is way more fun. It's so pretty, honestly. Mm, Beautiful. And the roads are fun and they like curve around. The semi truck drivers are wild out there. (laughs) They're wild. It's crazy driving. It is. It is. I was like, holy crap, am I going to get through here without an accident? Just go with the pack. That's what you do. Go with the pack. It's true. Don't get in anyone's way because they're going to go freaking out. And the cops always look the other direction over there. Yes. Driving through Atlanta, though. Oh, my gosh. That stressed me out. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) That was the first time I'd driven it because Nico's always like, I'm going to drive through this. I'm not going to make you endure it. But it's also in his car that we've driven. So I'm sure he's kind of like (laughs) has some trust issues, which is understandable. Yeah, that was my first time driving through, and it was like the worst it had ever been. Oh, of course. I was like, holy crap. And we left St. Louis earlier because we were like, okay, we're going to get to Atlanta around like 2. It's not going to be rush hour. Plus, it's coronavirus. People should not be commuting, really. Eh. But it was like the worst (laughs) it had ever, ever been for us. But then we got to Savannah, and we were like, okay, we're here. Finally, that's good. And I've been here for like a week now and it feels like I have been here for a very long time. Well, we're glad you made it safe. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But now I feel like I can add 25 hour drive to my resume or something. (laughs) Without five hour energy though. You don't even need it. Yeah. Without five hours. You just need your cold blue. I had these podcasts downloaded. I was ready to go. I listened to the one from the last time I was on because it came out the day that we left. Nice. And yeah. So I listened to that in the morning while I was like all sad about leaving my family. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, at least I have the real Brian show. Oh, <laughs> that's of my awesome. Voice that's to awesome. Cheer me up. What a great but, endorsement. Yeah. So you're, you're back in school, but you're doing mostly online. Are you doing anything in person yet? Supposed to have a hybrid class, but then it came out that basically i'm pretty sure our professors can get fired if they meet up with us outside of class gotcha which is kind of insane but that's just reality now i guess Uh but i have access to my major building i don't know if all major buildings are open but mine is and there's like never anyone there which is so nice because usually it's so busy and it's like a struggle trying to even get a computer like if i have to model or something but It's been so nice, but so basically if I go, I've always had to scan my ID to get into the building, like for the door to unlock. Mm -hmm. And then usually there's a security officer who checks my identity 
to make sure I'm actually who I am and I am a scout student. If I'm not, then I'll get kicked out of the building basically. Sure. So I've always had that, but now it's like, I have to take this survey every day. They send out like a survey and through email that you have to take and you have to pass it to be able to access the building. So they'll send you a little thing that says like, I passed on this day at this time. So now I have to go into the building and I have to scan my ID. Then I have to get my ID checked. Then they have to check that I passed the, the test for the day. Then I have to go and get my temperature checked. And then I have to sanitize. And then I can enter. Hmm. So you have access to your 3D printers right now? Well, I actually have my own 3D printer, which you know. Yeah, because right, I, right. yeah so I've been in the, the bench room because we've been making models out of foam. We're doing like these phone dock models right now. So I've been in there, which has been super helpful because then that room is like supposed to be a mess and I don't have to do it in my own room <laughs> in my apartment. And I'm going with like, a friend of mine who's also in the class and so it's just it's been a lot of fun actually and i finally like i feel like a little bit more normal when it comes to school because i have access to that building and also this friend and i are now like the leadership of this national industrial design like society really so like the scad chapter of it but Super cool. We were like, just kind of turned up to this meeting and then we left as president and vice president and we're like, cool. (laughs) That's usually how that works. That's awesome. So that's where we are now. So now I feel even more connected to my major, which is awesome. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're back. I know that that was kind of a desire for you and not to mention that it's like, well, you know, okay, everything that's going on, is it going to happen? But you know what? Okay, I know there's been a lot of like, oh, the schools, the colleges closed and now everything's online, but there are some that are doing well in person. And I mean, yeah, there's issues periodically, but where wouldn't there be any issues? But I'm very pleasantly surprised to see some of the schools that are open and things really are not that bad. They're doing okay. I'm glad that it's still open though, especially because my brother goes there. So I'm yeah. like, okay, he's fine. Exactly. I'm fine. Most are fine. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully you remain fine. Yes, you will. I know. You'll I be hope just so fine. too. We have to like fill out a travel form or something if we leave the city and we have to like get it approved and then we have to come back and quarantine for two weeks. Mm. Oh, wow. So, I mean, not that I'm planning on leaving, but I'm like, okay. I mean, this is kind of a bummer, but it makes sense. They're covering I feel their like butts. Scott is taking a lot of precautions during this time, but mm. I'm just happy that I have access to my building and I hope that that doesn't change. Yeah, that's true. I've been on this graham crackers kick lately. I'd say the last time I ate graham crackers regularly was when I was a kid, maybe late elementary school, whatever. Okay. Okay. Lately, I've been eating them every week again. Uh-oh. And I was thinking last weekend, that'd be a great show topic. What, where did graham crackers come from? <laughs> and so I did a little research and it's this. much more interesting than I, I expected. See, this so, is what I love is that you're like, oh, I like graham crackers. Let's find out the origin. I'm like, this is this is great. I, I just yeah, and, and I it's love this. Way, way more interesting than I was expecting. So I'm okay. going to read this verbatim from a website that I that I found. Tell us. About okay, it. so the graham cracker is a cookie of sorts, right? For those of you who don't know, and, yeah. and and most listeners know, it's common in the United States. It's typically sweetened with sugar, honey, and or cinnamon. The current recipe is a far cry from the original one. The original was a mild, unsweetened biscuit made of unbleached flour with bran and wheat germ added in. 
Graham crackers were originally invented in the early 1800s by a Presbyterian minister by the name of Sylvester Graham, who introduced this snack item as part of his then-radical vegetarian diet, which eschewed white flour and spices. Interesting. Because Graham hoped to end what he believed to be the scourge of his time, masturbation. (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. (laughs) So becoming a vegetarian would end that scourge? That's what he believed. People huh. people used to believe and still believe very squirrely stuff. So Graham, one of 17 children, found sexual urges to be something to be repressed and found, quote, self-abuse, colloquialism common in the 1820s and 1830s, self-abuse, to be a particular ill of society. So they called masturbation self-abuse. Hmm. By some combination of pseudoscience and faith, he concluded that a vegetarian diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, limited dairy, and bland starches would result in an end to lustful behavior. Interesting. For the last two decades of his life, Graham, who died at age 57, so he was pretty young, preached that his diet, later called the Graham diet, would help those who followed it, called Grahamites, by the way, uh, (laughs) abstain from sexual activity and, in particular, from self-love, which Graham argued led to insanity and blindness. Oh, yeah. So that's where that came from. That's where the blindness came from. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he may have started that, but that's certainly, I mean, maybe that was the origin of the whole, you'll go blind if you do that. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah, interesting. Um, maybe. So the Gramite movement waned after its leader's death in 1851, but one man in particular stayed true to Graham's bland food and sexual abstinence edict. Hmm. That man was Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. No way. He was oh the superintendent, superintendent of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan, huh. and he insisted that patients abide by a similar diet. When his brother, Will Keith Kellogg, Will Keith Kellogg, the sanitarium's <laughs> bookkeeper, accidentally left cooked wheat out, letting it go stale, the Kelloggs decided to try and force it through the rollers anyway. Instead of softening, the wheat came out hard and in flake form. Dr. Kellogg served the flakes, which were genuinely well-received by the sanitarium's patients. So this is going from graham crackers to cornflakes all of a sudden. But while Dr. Kellogg was a Gramite of sorts, his brother Will was not. Will saw a mass market opportunity by adding a touch of sugar to the cornflakes, causing a rift between himself and his steadfast brother. Will founded the Kellogg's Corporation, now an $18 billion company. And John focused on, quote, rehabilitating masturbators and, uh, according to Wikipedia, at times resorted to mutilation, self-mutilation. Huh. Wow. Now, I don't know why. That was so interesting. I don't know why... It went from graham crackers to cornflakes, uh, but it's but it's such a bizarre origin story that it's I just know. like this is not something you normally hear. That hey, so so hold on, really quick before you go into your bonus fact, yeah, Captain Influence, you've been eating yeah. graham crackers regularly now. So do you no longer feel the urge to spend time with your wife? Totally not. I'm totally urge free. Okay, uh, graham crackers have worked for me, Brian. Susan, I am so sorry for you right now. Oh, she's fine. Don't worry about her. We're middle-aged, dude. Anyway. That was personal. Too much information. Hey, you started it. Bonus Uh, fact. Bonus fact. For a while, Oberlin College in Ohio adopted the Graham diet, going meat-free as well as eschewing condiments and seasonings, according to the student newspaper. These items were banned outright, even if you brought it into the dining hall yourself. But one day, a professor named John P. Cowles decided to challenge the system by bringing a pepper shaker to a meal there and found that the rules were taken quite seriously. He was fired. But a year or so later, uh, student dissatisfaction with the rules ended up crescendoing, finally culminating in a return to a more typical dining hall fare. 
Wow. Weird but interesting bonus fact. So yeah. I don't even know why they threw that in there, to be honest. But who knew that graham crackers led to all this stuff? So weird. So it's there you so go. interesting to like look back researching or hearing about like these old things that people actually believed. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like someone believes it and makes it up and then tells everyone else to believe it. Like it it's so weird. But now we have like all this data and science and just not just about this, but like about like other random things such as like surgeries and like how to operate and what will work and what won't work. And like just looking back on that and seeing where we are now versus then I'm like, Whoa, mm-hmm. like a oh, lot yeah. has changed. There's so much science that goes into things now. And it just makes those people look crazy. If you, when that was probably really like revolutionary for the time. Yeah. Like, right. If you study history and you look at it as a big ball of wax, rather than just looking at it through a certain colored lens, of wherever you're coming from. If you look at history truly objectively or as objectively as you really realistically can, all of human history is all about someone makes some something up and everyone else believes it for a while. That's well, basically still doing if it you today. summarize yeah, think, of course. You can summarize our history, that's one of the summaries. Someone makes something up, everyone else believes them for a while and that's just Humanity, right there. But see, Everything is made up. We always used to say this in calculus. We were like, yeah. why are we learning this? Like, someone just made this up and we're learning it. Yeah, like, exactly. this is stupid. So much <laughs> is made up. It's unbelievable. I mean, even in business, if we know something more than someone else, then technically we're an expert, at least according to the definition of expert these days. Yep. But the truth is, we're also trying to navigate this crazy life and figure things out, and we don't know anything. And it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. I totally agree with you. And that's where we've got to give ourselves, I think, a little bit of a break in that we can't know everything and that's okay. Yeah. Caffeinatrix, I know you got to go, but thank you. Thanks for including me in the graham cracker conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, that was so uncomfortable. I never want to be back on the show again. Now I have something to talk about at dinner. Yes. There you go. Oh, all right. I can't wait to hear what Nico has to say about that. He'll be like, um, <laughs> he'll be like, what are you talking like, about? I'm never touching to, graham crackers again. I have to listen to this show now. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you for being on. It's great to hear you and hear your voice. Glad you're doing well. Glad you're in Savannah and check in with us again soon. I will. I will. I'll be back soon enough. Don't you worry. <laughs> have a good one, Natalie. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. We got to talk about these trailers because, oh my gosh, I'm excited. Star Trek Discovery season three comes out October 15th which shocked me. I didn't realize that it was like that sooner. Yeah, I watched the trailer and oh my gosh, like I, you know me, I was mixed reviews on season one yeah, and I was mixed, but more positive on season two. Oh, here's yep. an interesting thing. Most of you probably already know this already. If, if you're a, a discovery fan, I said this, you know, when I was reviewing season two is that I think my favorite part of, of season two of discovery was captain Pike. I loved him. Yeah. I loved his backstory and he they're making good. a show with that actor and it's oh, really? I don't know if it's going to be called Christopher Pike or whatever, but it is a show about him and I was just like so, so, so excited. So about there's that. a spinoff on Pike. That's cool. Supposedly. I mean, it's been announced. I don't know where they're at with it or if it's actually, you know, with COVID things change. So I don't know, but that was their intention. Right. But okay. season three of discovery, the trailer looks amazing. I mean, I'm, very, very optimistic about it. Very excited. And so if you haven't watched it and you're into discovery, go check it out. It looks cool to me. And then Mandalorian season two. And of course I know, I know I already know about the season three trailer, but we'll talk season two comes out October yeah, 30th. 
He doesn't want to give anything away about season three yet because we still have to see season two. I loved season two. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I can't wait wait. to watch it again, actually. So, yeah, October 30th comes out and, you know, okay, so the trailer gets on and I'm thinking, okay, let's let's see what happens. We were mixed on the reviews for season one. We talked about it here on the show. All over the place. Yeah. But, dude, when the throat singing came into the trailer, I was like, yes. (laughs) That's all it takes for Brian. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the actual show. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it actually the the scenes that I saw look better than season one. And I'm very excited. You know, they talk about the the sorcerers, which are the Jedi, of course. I think they showed one. I'm not entirely sure, but Mm -hmm. I'm excited if they bring that in and they bring more of that. But it's interesting that they're saying that these are myths. Remind me, I forget now. Uh, does this whole timeline with the, that the Mandalorian is taking place in is that is that pre movies or post movies? Here's what Favreau said about it: mm-hmm. the Mandalorian is set five years after the fall of the Empire in Return of the Jedi. So it's five so that years makes no after sense. the Return of the Jedi, and then twenty five years before the rise of the First Order. Okay, uh, you know the Force so, Awakens. So it's right. I guess in some ways, okay, so the Emperor's dead. No, actually, five years. This would be like Luke has probably started his little Jedi Academy based on what okay. we know about, you know, the Force Awakens. Uh, you know, Han and Leia probably got married right away, right after Return of the Jedi. I would assume that Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, is about the youngling age for Luke to train him, to start training him. At this point, you know, Luke is probably starting to train the Jedi. Everybody knows who Luke is. Well, maybe not everybody, but I'm sure he's, he's a legend in the galaxy. Why are these like ancient sorcerers? That's what it doesn't make any sense to me. So this yeah, is set so I'm five if years. This, maybe maybe he's not referencing the Jedi because if he is, that's just bad writing. Well, well hold so, on though. But here's the thing. They are on the outer rim. So maybe in the outer rim worlds, it is a maybe. bit more of a myth or a legend because they're not as close well, to what happened in the action. I don't know. Maybe, but but we know from season one that bad writing is not off the books in this mm-hmm. series. Some of the episodes were great. Some of them were just absolutely appallingly badly written. But to your point, the season two trailer was, it looks really good. So I'm cautiously optimistic. And yes, we will review the show. Yes, we will. We'll definitely get into that and have some fun time. So now the other trailer we wanted to talk about is the brand new Dune movie, which is set to come out in, I think, November, December now. They keep pushing things back. So I don't really know what's actually, I mean, they pushed so many movies like Maverick, the new Top Gun movie. Oh, yeah. uh, got pushed to next year. A bunch of things got pushed to next year. So we don't right. we don't even really know what's going to happen. So tell me what you thought of the trailer. Longtime Dune fan. I liked the David Lynch movie as weird as it was. I really liked the 2000 sci-fi miniseries, which you didn't like as much. I liked Dennis Villeneuve. I really liked Blade Runner 2042. Was it 49? 49. Yes, thank yeah, you. <laughs> that was really good, too. I, yeah, I like I like that movie. I like his filming style. The trailer looks like his filming style. So I'm again, I'm I'm as usual with movies these days. I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It's got Jason Momoa in it. The guy who they cast to play Paul Atreides, who is oh, the main yeah. character. He's looks very awesome. exotic looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting looking human being. So I really liked that about it. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is the guy who I'm thinking of here. Uh, plays Duke Leto Atreides. Love him. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård, uh, he is so awesome. Oh, I love him. Yeah, who is who is he playing again? Uh, He's playing the Baron. So for those oh. of you who don't know who Stellan is, like he was hugely famous for playing Bootstrap Bill in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He played oh, okay. um, Captain Tupolev in uh, Hunt for Red October. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's been on a lot. Of, I mean, he's been on a lot more than that. Oh, but. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, so now, he's the Baron. And then, and then Dave the, Bautista. 
Yes. Oh, who is, is you know, uh, Drax the Destroyer and Guardians of the Galaxy is playing right. Beast Raban. The Beast Raban, yes. Yep. Josh Brolin uh, the, is the Baron, Halleck. The Baron's nephew. Yep. Now, are they going to have a Fade Ralpha? No. In fact, I was looking it up and it said Fade has not been announced and I don't know why. So I don't know if it's like Sting's reprising his role kind of thing or if it's like Got some it. random... Fade. Or they took him out, which I hope they didn't because that would really be a bad thing if they took him out. So I don't know, but the the reverend mother oh my gosh the the actress that plays her just the quick clips that we saw she looks awesome i'm I'm very yeah. excited to see what they do with her lady jessica who becomes the reverend mother is going to be played by rebecca ferguson who okay. you know, i i've seen her in other things i think she's going to be perfect in this role and then oh my gosh so you know piter piter devries yes. yeah so the guy that played him he's always been a creepy actor in the 1984 movie, he's, I mean, yeah, everything was, he's been, uh, he's just Brad creepy. Dorf. Yeah. Brad Dorf. He also him. played uh, Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. He's always playing creepy roles. He's really good at it. They got, and of course, you're not going to probably know him by his name, but you're going to recognize his face is David like Dust Malchian. I think is how you pronounce it. Huh, no, he has been in. Oh my gosh. He has. He is a creepy dude. Every <laughs> single character I have ever seen him in. He creeps me out. And awesome. I'm just like, this is beautiful. So Good. I'm I'm really excited about the casting. And to me, that yeah. gives me a lot of hope for this movie. We'll see. But also, here's the thing. I'm not going in with a lot of expectations. Sarah and I just watched the new Mulan movie. I've never seen the 1998 animated version. Didn't really care to see it. I may go back and watch it. I have nothing to compare this to. I thought this 2020 version of Mulan was bloody fantastic absolutely oh, amazing in every single way i loved it we both loved it i thought it was just beautiful good i thought hear. it was emotional the music was incredible the story was great everything about it i was just like this was so good and then afterwards i went and like checked out the reviews and they're just trashing this new milan movie trashing it like it's getting a 5.4 on imdb and people are saying it has no emotion it has no depth it has nothing and i'm like well are you comparing it to the 98 animated version did you grow up with the 98 animated version and is that a nostalgic thing to you because huh. if so you're going to hate the new movie because that's what you're comparing it to interesting and i thought the huh. new movie was just amazing so but well, I, I also never saw the original animated movie and so i'm hoping that when i do see mulan i will have the same opinion of i it think you'll you like do, it so. yeah yeah and here's the thing if we go into this new dune movie with the 84 movie in mind or the miniseries or the book in mind and right. just hundred percent constantly trying to compare it to that. We're going to be so disappointed. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I think it's Probably. fair to have the book in mind when you go into any, anything that's made based on a book, but to know um, that they're going to change it, you know, they will, you know, that yeah, it won't be the same. Gonna, you're right. Because it's not going to be long enough to do yeah. the book justice. You're right. That's, that's why I like the sci-fi miniseries in 2000 because it was a miniseries it was long enough to encompass the book the yeah. first book yeah. and the book's not that long it's not a hugely long the first doom no. book is not no i guess it's sort of long i guess but it's longer anyway. but yeah i just yeah. feel like if we can go into this movie with a if it's different great consider it an additional interpretation of our beautifully loved story right you Fair know enough. if we go into it like that i think we're gonna have a good time I hope so, because I understand once you have those preconceptions, it's it's already over. Really, really difficult to put those aside and and look at something objectively. Mm-hmm. It's not natural to the human mind to do that. 
But I think so, if you go into it with an open mind and just say, hey, you know, I, I really loved the 84 and I hope to also love this, even if it's different, for example, because that's where I'm coming from. I think I'll have a good time with it. I really do. Fair enough. By the way, really just quick short side note. I finally did watch Greyhound. Really enjoyed it. I had a really okay. great time. It is 100% just a battle. It is not a true story. I'm just throwing that out right now because I think some people probably think it is. It's based on the battle that really happened. The battle of the Atlantic, which was just yes. a drawn out back and forth engagement between German U-boats and American and British the supply ships submarine and stuff. forces. Yeah, yeah. So when they were trying to basically get across and then they go through that zone that is, uh, what is it? The black pit, I think is what it's called where, you know, there, there can't be air. Yeah, they cover. don't have the air coverage. Yeah. Either. Well, that was a very true thing. And that went on. It was like one of the longest battles in the history of world war two might've been the longest actually because of the, yeah, if, just if over you and count over. it as a battle, which historians often do. Yeah. I mean, it was a quote unquote battle in my unprofessional opinion because it was just, it was a, a series of engagements over the course of several years. Yeah. It's cool because the the Greyhound story is actually based on the Good Shepherd novel by C.S. Forrester. There's a lot of really cool things. And of course, Tom Hanks does a fantastic job. And of course, he's got, you know, great history with Saving Private Ryan and, you know, Band of Brothers and all that. And so I think he did a really good job. And then we were looking at some of the, the history. Like it actually prompted me to go read about the movie and how true it was to history. And I thought it was very interesting because they said that, you know, a lot of what you see, a lot of the tactics and a lot of the communications and stuff that went on was all real. They did say, however, that there comes a point where we have to simplify it for viewers. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated them explaining this because they said that if we were to actually include word for word, the technical things that actually go on on a destroyer, especially in World when War they're II, hunting a submarine. Yeah. They said that most viewers would be lost. They wouldn't have a clue oh. what was going on. Wouldn't be able to understand anything. You'd lose them. And so I, I think the people who are interested in that stuff, the, the, the World War II buffs and the historians would probably get a little glossy eyed after a while. Yeah. If it, they went into all the minutiae. Isn't that cool, though, how they explained that this is why we simplified it. And so some people could say, well, you know, this, this just what would happen. Well, it's like, well, because you couldn't understand it. And I appreciate yeah, that movie making one one. Right. Yeah. So that was neat. One thing they did include, and I, I'm not going to lie, I was very, very surprised by this because I'm not a World War II buff, even though I love World War II history. I know that this didn't happen. And that is that one of the U-boats would taunt the Greyhound over the radio. Never happened. Because one is... Yeah, because it would give them away. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's, like, that's like submarine warfare 101. <laughs> Duh. Right. Like, hey, look, we got a transmission. There they are. Hit them, you know? And in this in this movie, they were showing that they kept finding their frequency. And it's like, yeah, that was not easy to do. That was the one thing that bothered me in the movie. But other than that, really enjoyed it. Had a good time. And honestly, dang, that's a captain I would want. What a model example of a leader who like he lived it, not just ordered it, if you know what I mean. Sure. So good. So anyway, we enjoyed it. Star Wars Squadrons, which is the brand new flight simulator style Star Wars game comes out. Which we haven't. We haven't gotten anything like this since X-Wing versus TIE Fighter was out in, in the, 90s. the mid-90s. Yep. That's how long it's taken somebody of all the Star Wars games that have come out since then. Dozens. Yeah, That's how long it's taken somebody to say, wow, you know, we have still a lot of people who really miss those days of being able to dogfight in X-Wings and TIE Fighters and A-Wings and B-Wings and Y-Wings. And let's do that again with modern technology. <laughs> 
what what I'm weirded about, Brian, is how cheap this game is. Me too. Forty dollars to pre-order, which I have not seen a game do that ever. Not a blockbuster game like no, they've this. always so fifty, sixty, me, or more. There's got to be something going on that I'm not aware of. There's got to be a reason. Like they, there's not near as much content as we're hoping there is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little a, nervous because I was fully expecting to spend seventy dollars on this game. Yeah, like so, there could be anything. It could be pay forty now, and then all of a sudden, if you want more content, it's twenty per content, or right. it, or, or it's a if you pre-order, you get it for forty, and then as soon as it goes out live, now it's sixty. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know, but I did pre-order, and Good. I know you did as well, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait to play this game. Well, here's what I'm hoping for. This is going to be a massive multiplayer situation where we can join up on teams. We can fly together. We can fight against each other. We can fight against AI, all that good stuff. Let's form a huge TRBS squad. So if anybody is into uh, <laughs> any, any kind of like Star Wars, you know, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter kind of stuff. Let's fly, you fools. Come on, let's do this. This will be fun. Do it. Yep. Yeah. That was fun. I am so glad Caffeinatrix got to join us today. That was fun to have her back. And it's interesting, you know, we should do this more often where it's like bring somebody on for a little bit, bring somebody else on. It's kind of like the old radio style, you know, callers call in. And I like that. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of pop in at yeah, random. Yeah, it's a good time. Why not? Well, Captain Influence, I appreciate you hanging out today with me. This was good times. So much, so much more to talk about that we did not even get to. And I am sorry because <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking about this in the intro and I'm like, yeah, we're not going to get to all that. Wow. Next episode. Next yeah. episode. Well, and next week, uh, as long as everything goes as, as expected, Miss Ice returns. So we'll have a good time awesome. with her. Yay! I know. But in the meantime, let's leave you with something most triumphant. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. Whenever life gets me down lately and I'm faced with a difficult choice, I always ask, what would baby Yoda do? The answer is always look cute and kick So that doesn't really help me. All right, you know what the music means. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We have a good I know we got a little intense in the beginning, but we ended on a positive note. We had fun. Hey, have a great week. Keep that positivity rolling. Real Brian Show is signing off. show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.